Welcome to the Building Well Through Commercial Real Estate Podcast with Jonathan Way, where we unravel the secrets to financial success in the dynamic world of commercial real estate. We're bringing in special guests to share their insights on how they started their journey and crafted their way to success. And here's your host, Jonathan Way. Hello, everyone. Today, I have a wonderful guest, uh, my friend and fellow mentor, Michael Blanc, Jeremy Lemaire, and welcome to the show. Thank you. Hey, Jonathan. I'm glad to be here with you. Great. Thank you. Why don't you share the audience about your background and how you got started in multifamily? Sure. Yeah. I, you know, I, I went to school for engineering years. It seems like forever ago now, but over time I had, you know, kind of graduated through different ranks in the engineering side, changed jobs a couple of times as the family needs changed. And I finally reached the point where uh, my career effectively was going to plateau for the amount of time that I was targeting to have left in it. And I had been buying some single family houses, doing some flips, uh, you know, to raise equity and uh, continue to buy and do burr strategy activities. And I finally got to the point where I really needed to scale up the business. And when yes. I did that, it really opened my eyes to to needing something, you know, 10 or 100 houses at a time kind of thing. And right, uh, right. with that process came the multifamily thing, but I, I was not mentally ready for it, right? It was a it was a limiting belief that that could possibly happen. And so I started kind of doing research at the time and ended up uh, landing in the program, a mentoring program that allowed me the opportunity to uh, have support to make that happen. So in 2018, right. uh, I was able to acquire a couple different multifamily properties. And at that point, I, I kind of worked in that world and, and uh, kind of made it my new center uh, of activity and, and uh, continued to progress from there. But it really opened up the door uh, to eventually allow me to leave my job. Well, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And so first important thing is your mindset. I think everyone was afraid. I was afraid too when I first started in 2018 when I joined the program. And just like you, I was afraid of buying a large building because I didn't know if we had the money or didn't know how to actually operate or run it. So it's a limiting belief that we cannot buy multifamily. Yeah. So once you overcome that hurdle, then the next step was you hired a mentor. It was 2018 you joined Michael Blanc, is that correct? Yeah, in 2018, I had, uh, I had looked at a couple different programs, had mm -hmm. attended a couple different kind of uh, weekend uh, activities, and I, I knew that it was achievable. I was just looking for the the right group to kind of be centered around. And yeah. uh, at that point, I really found a cultural fit uh, with Michael's platform and, and things were advanced far enough that that uh, I was able to jump in and uh, enjoyed the, the group that had been involved with and it's worked great since then. Great, great, wonderful, wonderful. And uh, tell me about your first deal. Where was it located? How many units was that first multifamily? Yeah, so my first true multifamily, uh, I live in Green Bay in Wisconsin, and uh, this particular opportunity came up. It's about 15 minutes outside of the, about the Metroplex of Green Bay, and uh, uh, so it was less visible to most people, but it was an opportunity to buy 28 uh, apartment units. It was a 12-unit building and yeah. four, four unit buildings, so 28 units on that site, and um, it was... You know, in looking at the financials and as we did the underwriting back then, uh, it was one of those where it was only 80, 82% occupied. So oh, we could yeah. see the opportunity that if we could fill it, the question was, uh, this is my first multifamily property. Can we fill it? I don't, yeah. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we dug into it, dug into it a little bit and uh, said, we sh there's no reason that we shouldn't be able to do it based on the occupancies of other competitive properties in the community. 
So the the people were there. We should be able to do it. There was something else operationally going wrong. Um, we bought the property. And about three to four months later, we identified that the property manager was the gap. Uh, they yeah. had a, a part-time property manager they were contracting with. And that individual had other jobs and wasn't flexible on showings and things like that, right? So it became problematic to try to get occupants. Well, it showed in the occupancy. So um, so we we changed that strategy. And I personally started addressing some of those, those showings and things, which caused us to uncover that situation. And we quickly got up to 100% occupancy. Uh, once we did that, we were starting to cash flow really well. Uh, so then we could start moving rents a little bit. And when we started to do that, then it, you know it, it even uh, cash flow better than what we had expected. So great, it was a great, great, great uh, value build uh, situation, uh, even though we only planned for half of uh, that gap to get closed in our business model. So great, great. So conservative underwriting and, and planning. Great. Yep. So let me ask you, it's not 90% for small balance you need it for agency loan, you need 90% occupancy. Did you get a bridge loan or how do you what kind of finance you got for that one? Yeah, I, I for financing on my side, based on all of the uh residential stuff that I had been doing, single family duplexes, uh that sort of thing on the burr side. Um, I actually had great relationships with the credit unions and the banks in my immediate area. And uh that particular deal, uh it you know. I didn't realize it at the time that it, it didn't matter uh, when we had a business plan that we were going to get occupancy up. I had enough uh, equity in the other assets that I had, and yeah. uh, they, they just left us run with it from a global cash flow standpoint. Okay. So I guess it's a recourse loan from a local credit yep. union. It wasn't a non-recourse agency debt because normally in multifamily, you go to Freddie or Fannie to non-recourse. Um, but in this yeah. situation, you went to basically a local credit because your occupancy is not there. So you cannot really qualify for 90% yeah. occupancy anyway for agency loans. You only recourse like credit union or local bank. <laughs> yeah. So. And, and when I bought that property, that property was under 800,000 for the 28 units. Wow. So, you know, because of the, the occupancy situation, you know, the valuation just wasn't there. And frankly, in our market, uh, the appreciation for, for uh, properties had just really started to escalate in 2018. Okay, well, that's great. That's great that you. What's good about you is you had a background, and they you build out your local lenders. So they trusted you, so they gave you more a credit. They gave you more extension because you already are, are in the game of of doing a burn method and buying these residential homes. So that's great. So let's talk about an aspect that people are afraid of. What what strategy you use to raise capital for your first deal, and how do you do that? Yeah, and I really kind of uh, took it from two two different aspects. One is I knew my limitation on it. I knew my fear of that limitation of of being able to raise the capital. Yeah. Um, so I I actually uh, knew kind of where I could reach out to to get a certain amount of capital, and we went that path uh, to be able to to raise that capital from friends and family. But then mm -hmm. I knew that there would likely be a gap, and I had another uh, uh, investor that I had worked not directly with, but uh, from a partnering standpoint, but we had a, in the space, we were working adjacently on similar business plans. And it, it, for the first syndication that we did, we actually partnered together and he's a heavy capital raiser. Yes. Uh, that, that's kind of, turns out that that, be, that has become one of his primary aspects of his work. And uh, he actually fundamentally came into the business as a partnership and we then raised the rest of the capital through through his side. Uh, so that gave us our first deal. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, we met that challenge. And then we went after a second deal just a few months later, where we doubled the demand for the capital. Uh, okay. buying instead of the first deal we did was like a two and a half million dollar acquisition. Uh, the second one we did was in the 4.6 million range. 
And on that particular one, uh, we didn't. We had even a, half the amount of time to raise the capital, and we had to raise twice as much. And we still uh, achieved that um, when when push came to shove, because you know what we had done on the first deal. Everyone, there were some folks that ended up kind of with that FOMO attitude, where they missed out on the first one, and the first one was doing well, and yes. uh, they wanted in on the second one. So we brought them in on the second one, and the goal then from there is to deliver and and bring them back to the table to to invest okay. further. Well, that's great. That's good. I, I love that story. How you started with that small, small unit, and then you get get bigger, and you kind of multiply that one. It's great. That's wonderful. And you built the relationship with that capital raiser to help you basically raise the capital. Yeah, and I think Jonathan, that 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 is probably you know a key aspect that when I look back, and it probably aligns to a lot of folks. That you know, I had been buying assets in the one hundred and fifty to three hundred thousand range, and I stepped out of my comfort zone, and we we bought that property, the first multifamily for uh you know just under eight hundred thousand. Then our next deal was two point four million. Then we went up to a you know four point six million dollar deal. So that doubling mindset wise becomes an accomplishable thing to do, right? Is to to, right. to just keep flipping it and turning it up a notch and right. having a comfort level that you can get to the next uh the next peak based on where you are today. Right, right. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Now, what what do you think attribute to your success? Any daily habits, routines, attribute to your success, Jeremy? I, for me, it's 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 about tackling tasks. You know, I'll call it one day at a time. Right. You have a vision of where you need to get to, but breaking yes. it down into the things that you need to get done, and holding yes. yourself, in my case, holding myself accountable to delivering those because I'm only cheating myself by kicking timelines out. Uh, sometimes those timelines can have penalties, monetary penalties. So holding yourself accountable, getting those things done each day and following mm-hmm. up on that list to make sure the stuff gets done. That that, that has been the key for me to executing and, and staying on track to the goal. Right. So goal planning, writing down your goals, setting up quarterly rocks and monitoring the rocks so that you can benchmark and make sure you achieve those daily tasks, those small items lead up to big items, basically. Yep. Yep, and hold yeah. you know, a lot of it's holding yourself accountable. If you count on someone else to hold you accountable, way less value than than uh, what you do or what you can achieve with your own, mm-hmm. um, because it it keeps you doing the things at points in time where maybe you wouldn't uh, want to do that or you'd find some excuse to to not do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what is the best advice you would give anyone who's just starting out, like either one raising capital or aspect? What do you think? What push they do to begin, basically? I think the most important thing is to be focused. You know, um, you may need some help, and it doesn't have to be coaching per se. But you know, have find someone that you can um, lightly mentor under from the standpoint of how to stay centered on what what that critical set of activities are. Uh, I think it's really easy to get distracted into all of the things you don't know, or you don't know if you need to do them, or you go after doing some of the things because you gravitate to the easy things to be done. You have to get the hard things done along with the easy things in the center of focus to move yourself forward. And if you don't do that, you'll find out that you left holes and it'll create gaps and you may not accomplish what you want to accomplish. It could, in worst cases, it could crumble right down. I see. I see. Interesting. Okay. Well, thank you, Jerry. I appreciate it. I hope people reach out to you and get a hold of you if you want to talk to you more. Sure. Uh, it's Jeremy at starcmg.com. Uh, we're also at starcmg.com online, and uh, that's where we kind of uh, funnel our folks in uh, under the capital raising side. Mm-hmm. That's great. But you also do property management too, right, Jeremy? 
We do. Yep. Under the STAR property management group uh, umbrella. So starpmg.com is our uh, is our umbrella for residential rentals. We operate under the Appfolio side. Uh, it's been fantastic ride learning, learning that journey with a nice structured program uh, mm-hmm. to execute our, where we manage, you know, a wide variety of assets, but under that umbrella. Now, do you self-manage your own multifamily, I assume, with store management? Yep. Yep. And we even do, uh, we're even doing remote management. We have a property three and a half hours away that were, that was our first, uh, trial into doing remote property management where we have on-site maintenance support, okay. uh, if you will. And, uh, all of the back office overhead stuff is all handled through the property management software remotely. Okay. Well, wonderful. Excellent. I love that you very integrated and you control your own. So that's very important. Well, yeah. thank you for coming on the show and I appreciate it. Have a great day. Thanks, Jonathan. Take care. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to the Building Wealth Through Commercial Real Estate with Jonathan Way. If you enjoyed today's episode and want more tips on growing your wealth through real estate, be sure to subscribe. Don't miss out on future insights and success stories. If you're interested in learning about passive investment opportunities, then visit us at www.graystonecapgroup.com. Check back for new episodes. See you again next time.